You're listening to Jet Nation Radio, the official podcast of JetNation.com. The largest independent fan site in the NFL. Be sure to check out our forums and talk all things Jets with thousands of other diehard Jets fans. Now, to get you up to date on all the latest Jets news, notes, and quotes, here are your hosts, Dylan Terriman and Alex Barallo. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another episode of Jet Nation Radio. This is your solo host for the evening, Alex Barallo. My co-pilot, Dylan Terriman, is a little bit under the weather, so he shall not be joining us. Glenn is a busy man working for a living, so as they say in Hollywood, the show must go on. Uh, so here we are again, uh, about to cover and recap uh, another loss for the Jets. Uh, this was a mixed opinion style game. Um, it was not a pretty game. Uh, there was some improvements that came from it. You know, as the Jets fell uh, 33-18 to 18 this weekend to the Philadelphia Eagles, looks like the Eagles still have our number as they are 12-0 and 0 versus the Jets in regular season games. Uh, we remain winless against them. And uh, I know we probably won't be playing them again for another few years. Uh, so looks like it'll be some time before we get an opportunity to try to break that streak yet again. Uh, just to go over what we're going to be covering tonight, uh, we do have a special guest coming on uh, from Gotham City Crew. I believe we will be joined by Lou. He's one of the owners over there. Um, not going to get too much into detail and let him kind of give you the, the breakdown on what he's got going on over there at Gotham City Crew. Uh, very excited about that. Uh, we're going to get into... Uh, what what happened and what went wrong uh, against the Eagles? Um, I have some some questions and some topics that I'd like to cover tonight uh, that have been kind of burning in the back of my mind. And uh, you know, I'm not going to get too far into details about it because I would like to speak with this um, further with Dylan and, and possibly Glenn to get their opinions on the matter. Um, but, yeah, definitely very, very excited to uh, to get into the nitty-gritties here. And, and then lastly, what we'll do is do a quick preview for the upcoming game against the Saints and kind of break down uh, some things and some numbers on how we fared against them in the past and what our chances would look like, uh, you know, if the Jets were able to find a way to win this weekend. Uh so I do anticipate that uh, Gotham City crew will be calling in within the next five minutes or so. Uh, but right now, what I think I should do is probably go over some transaction news and go over some injury updates. Uh, I think the biggest and most alarming news is uh, we've lost Corey Davis for the year. Um, looks like he's having uh, some sort of core muscle surgery. Uh, you know, kudos for him trying to go this past weekend. He was suffering from a groin injury. Um, you know, and that's just the one thing that I think has plagued Corey Davis throughout his career. Number one is inconsistent quarterback play, whether it's talent or, you know, just finding um, different signal callers randomly throughout his uh, career. And also um, he's found himself on the injury list quite a few times. 
So it just kind of seems like, uh, you know, I don't want to call him injury prone, but, you know, with this sport, it is, you know, very uh, taxing on the body, and he just seems to uh, continue to find himself in, in this kind of scenario. So the Jets have lost Corey Davis for the year. Um, I'll go into some details later on in the show about how that's going to affect the roster. Um, big blow there, big shoes to fill. And now, you know, obviously one of these younger guys are going to have to step up and, and fill those shoes. Uh, another couple, couple quick ones here. Uh, Ryan Griffin got injured during the game. He left. Um, Consider day-to-day. The Jets don't haven't put out anything official on Ryan Griffin. Um Makai Becton should be coming back soon. Uh, Michael Carter was injured, and, and he's in the concussion protocol. And I think the craziest transaction scenario is what's going on with the kicker uh, department. The Jets released uh, Amendola last week. They brought him back today on, as, on the practice squad. They promoted Alex Kessman. As we know, he did not perform well, missed two extra point kicks, and uh, basically I think the Jets lost confidence in him. They let him go, and he's no longer with us. And then they decided to sign Eddie Pinheiro, who apparently was um, in-house last week for a tryout. A little bit alarming. Um, Clearly the Jets thought Kessman was a better decision last week, and now their hand seems to be forced. They've brought in Pinheiro. And they're also bringing back Amendola. Very, very weird, very bizarre uh, that the Jets are finding these kind of struggles so late in the season. It kind of baffles my mind when you think about um, the terminology that's been used with Brant Boyer, our special teams coach, being a guru or an ace or specialist. I really can't entertain that kind of conversation anymore. Um, been here and since Joe Douglas has come aboard, uh, the Jets have continued to have issues at the kicker position. Uh, in my mind, this should be one of the easier positions for them to fill, but, you know, they seem to make things a little bit harder than they need to. And uh, here we are again um, looking to, you know, find a viable kicker um, in week 14 of the season. Uh, you know, when we're trying to get things figured out, you know, with the offense and we're trying to figure out ways how to be better defensively, you know, here we are again, uh, with kicking competition and trying to figure out this madness over there. Um, You know, it definitely seems quite odd. You know, I was looking at some of the stats, and, you know, Amendola was kind of middle of the road with everybody else in the league. Um, I I accounted for about six missed attempts, one extra point, five field goals missed this season by Amendola, and all of them were either 45 yards or or, or 50 yards or more. So they weren't easy kicks. They were harder kicks. Um, I don't know if it would warrant, you know, him being cut, but clearly that's what had happened. And the collateral damage of that we saw this weekend against the Eagles. Um, Again, this is just one of those bizarre scenarios where the Jets have found a way to make things a little bit more difficult for themselves than than maybe need be. Um, But who knows? You know, if Pinheiro comes out and, he doesn't perform well, very, very likely we see Amendola again. So I guess, you know, time will tell how this kicker position is going to pan out. And, uh, you know, who knows, maybe the Jets will just be forced to uh, go
go for it, you know, on fourth down a little bit more or possibly try, you know, more extra points. They've accrued nine losses this season. It's an officially losing season. Uh, Jets have no uh, way that they're going to make the playoffs, so maybe being a little bit more aggressive offensively is the way to go uh, to try to create a spark near the end of the season. Uh, Just very, very interesting to see how, you know, we're in this position uh, yet again. Um, Just taking a look here. Make sure I didn't miss any other notes in regards to certain players. Um, currently with the injuries, uh, you know, Sheldon Rankins was dealing with a knee injury. Um, St. Um, Trayvon Wesco was dealing with an ankle injury. I know Mark, uh, Morgan Moses um, was questionable going into this week with a knee injury or, you know, maybe some knee soreness. Uh, we already know the situation for uh, Zach Wilson, and uh, but clearly he's been able to overcome that and continue to play. Um, so the Jets aren't at 100% health, um, and it seems like, you know, a couple more players have been added. I did see a note um, coming from Dylan just recently that uh, it looks like they put uh, Blake Cashman on the COVID-19 list. Um, he was currently on the IR. So that is a little um, bizarre news. Uh, can't seem to get away from this pandemic, uh, but Jets are still trying to do their best that they can. Hopefully they can find a way to get healthier uh, before Sunday so that, you know, we're not limited even further than we already are with the injuries. Looking at the board here, joined by Lou, the Gotham City crew. So let's go ahead and get him on the air. Hi, Paul. This is Alex from Jet Nation Radio. How you doing, guys? Hey, is this Lou? Yes, this is Lou from Gotham City crew. All right. Awesome, awesome. Everyone, this is uh, Lou from Gotham City crew. Very excited. Uh, to have you on. I believe this is the first time you and I um, have linked up on the podcast. So this is really, really good stuff here. I've always enjoyed uh, attending your guys' events and, you know, conversating with you and Claudio. And, and you know, just uh, as you guys would say, we the fans, we have to stick together. And, uh, yeah, you know, please, uh, you know, give us a little bit of uh, history and, uh you know, what, what you have going on over at Gotham City Crew for some of our newer listeners that may not be familiar with you guys. Sure. And I want to start off by uh, obviously thanking you for, for having us, myself. Uh, and I mean us, you know, Claudio Nicky, there's three organizers behind Gotham City Crew. Um, a little bit about, the, uh, about us as a whole. It was founded by Claudio back in 2015. Um, he's, uh, he grew up a big soccer fan. And um, what gave him the idea of starting Gotham City Crew was the some of the supporter clubs that some of these soccer teams do have. You know, they travel well. They're um, they're known, you know, for for uniting fans and and things uh, alike, similar to what the Mets have with the uh, with the seven line. So we wanted to, well, Claudio wanted something to kind of bring the fans uh, together. I know there was other small groups. Jets Nation and other little uh, groups that, uh, you know, that started 
and will continue to start, but we wanted something, you know, uh, on a, on a bigger scale, so to speak, just to, you know, that whether you're the casual fan or the diehard fan that has season tickets, that's always at MetLife. It kind of feels somewhere at home. Um, and that's kind of like the, the reason behind Gotham city crew. Um, besides, you know, uh, going to games, whether it's home or away, we also try to get involved with the community as much as we can. Um, we actually, uh, this year we launched uh, a tease for a cause, which every like every other month we come up with a new design that's limited, uh, and it's only released for for a particular cause. Um, we actually have one that uh, with a design that says "We the Fans," and uh, which basically sums up Gotham City Crew, and all the proceeds that are generated from the shirt sales will go to a local food pantry. The one that we're dealing with uh, is near and dear to Nikki's heart. It's the Father English Food Pantry that serves at least uh, they said something around 19,000 people per month. 19,000, wow. as you can imagine, people that are in need of food. So whatever money that we do generate from these T-shirt sales, um, all that's going to get uh, – we're going to move that forward. We're going to pay it forward, so to speak, and, and donate it to the food pantry which I can only imagine needs all the resources and, and assistance that they can uh, uh, need to uh, continue feeding that many people per month. Um, you can check out those shirts at GothamCityCrew.com in our uh, shop tab. But that's basically where we're at. You know, we, we try to give the, the, the fan the insight of some of, those, of the opportunities that we get to enjoy as being the, the organizer of Gotham City Crew. You know, we're fortunate enough to, to have careers and, you know, but we, we have time and we have the funds to attend some of these these Jets events like Jets House, Taste of the Jets. That's, you know, some of the fans, uh, you know, won't either have the opportunity or the, the, you know, the funds to attend these events. And we kind of give you the, the, the inside view of what uh, these, these events are about. We also, uh, you know, we try to attend as many, like I mentioned before, road games, away games. And when we do so, we... We look to link up with other local fan bases uh, in those different towns to bring all Jets fans together. Um, you know, it's it's really it's a lot of work, but we don't we don't feel like it's work when you're so passionate about something. And you know, as diehard Jets fans, you know, whatever we can do to kind of cherish the memories and, and have a good time in the process, and because we know what the product on the field has been the last ten years or so. Mm. So we try to, uh, you know, make the best of what we have. Um, you know, you, you get those fans that are, oh, I'll never come to another Jets game until the Jets are good again. <laughs> and we don't know when that's going to be. Yeah. You know, I think uh, that Joe may Douglas be a long is taking a lot of – say that again? Yeah, I said that may be a long time. <laughs> yeah, as we as we know, you know, who would have thought uh, the year that we had Fitzpatrick and – and you know Marshall and Decker, and we're ten and five, going headed up to Buffalo with a chance to secure a wild card spot and go eleven and five. That would be the the last time we really uh, were fighting for a playoff spot. But it's it's crazy, you know. And um, with this new regime in place, you know, obviously the verdict is still out on on Salah and, and Lafleur. But I think uh, Joe Douglas is making the right moves. He's uh, you know trying to build through the through the draft, which is. Kind of great because uh, the last kind of uh, the last few GMs were in a rush to to do a quick rebuild, you know, and and through free agency, and we we've seen how that played out, and we get stuck with these contracts that we're stuck eating more or less. 
um, to have uh, a mediocre eight and eight season when we want to build long-term stability and success. We've seen it done through the, you know, with the Pittsburgh Steelers, the, you know, Baltimore Ravens and those, those type of organizations. Um, and we all know it's because they, they draft well and we haven't. And uh, when you don't draft well, you, you go, you know, you try to you look for studs in free agency and, you know, those studs are, uh, you know, unfortunately they're in free agency for a reason. They may play well for their team that drafted them, but, you know, we've seen it time and time again. Once they get paid, it seems like their uh, the level of performance is not usually uh, what it was four years prior. So um, not to dwell on uh, spilled milk, but I think J.D., uh, Joe Douglas is doing a phenomenal job of trying to, uh, you know, build uh, draft assets, build through the draft. You know, I think he hit a home run with Barrett Tucker, Elijah Moore. Uh, you know, Zach Wilson still needs to develop some more. But he also had some uh, late-round picks um, in Michael Carter, actually both Michael Carters, that uh, mm-hmm. seem to be uh, starters for us, which is, you know, which is great because those guys were drafted, uh, you know, after the third round. So I, I think J.D. is doing it. Um, you know, and not to mention, we also have cap flexibility, which is always good in this uh, in, in the NFL because you can kind of plug in the the one or two pieces you do need to kind of uh, get this roster going. Other than that, I know I, I rambled on a little bit because uh, you know once we once I start talking Jets, it's tough to stop. Oh, believe me, I, I know the feeling, and, and that was great. You know, that was actually one of the questions I wanted to ask you was how you felt about the coaching staff and, and the direction that they're going. So I'm glad that you plugged that in there because there are a lot of people at this point, um, you know, this, the phrase, you know, a New York minute, uh, people are a little impatient from our fan base, and, and you know, we want to throw things in the microwave and, and get our product as hot as we possibly can, even though that may not be the right thing to do. And um, I wholeheartedly agree about, you know, the process of working through the draft and, you know, not always relying on free agents to fill the voids and do things like that. You know, if you look at the list of free agents that the Jets have through this offseason, you know, Corey Davis, Vinnie Curry, LaMarcus Joyner, um, you know, even Jared Carl Davis Lawson. at one point, Carl Lawson, we've lost majority of these guys most of them for the year some of them we lost for the beginning of the season now they're working their way back so you know we all do happen to get a little excited during the offseason knowing that we have a lot of money but you know sometimes uh you know how do you allocate that money is it money well spent you know as, as the phrase goes is the juice worth the squeeze when you're spending that kind of money on certain players because there's a reason why they do hit the market because the the teams that originally obtained them, you know, found a way not to want to use their services anymore. And, you know, I understand the process, you know, one man's uh, trash is another man's treasure, but, you know, the Jets seem to always try to reach or find free agents to fill voids. And and those are always big shoes to fill. And, you know, sometimes there's a lot of room to be desired with certain signings. So I, I liked hearing your perspective in regards to, uh, you know, the direction of where this team is going. And, uh, you know, that uh, makes me want to ask you the next question here. Um, you know, how long does your your fandom go? Like, when did it start for you as, as far as being a, a Jets fan? You know, was this something, you know, uh, from your family? Or, you know, was this a decision that you made as you were watching football? Um, you know, how long have you been uh, bleeding green? 
It's funny you said that because uh, nobody in my family really watches, at least in my immediate family, watches football. And uh, I actually mm. told Claudio this one time because he was doing something similar uh, on a podcast for his YouTube channel, for the Gotham City YouTube channel. And it actually all started for me back in 95. Um, I remember, you know, having a, a small little TV, a 13-inch TV in my, my bedroom. And um, this was before uh, cable was uh, obtainable at a young age. Um, mm-hmm. I had basic TV, and I think I had, actually had a, uh, a hanger for an antenna. And, and I think Channel 2 came in pretty clear out of most of those uh, the free channels that came in. And the Jets were always on on Sundays. And, and I remember watching them yeah. and, and realizing they, they, they never win. I think that was the season we went one at fifteen, and it was kind of one of those things like you're like, all right, let me let me see if I can watch, see if I get a you know catch a, catch a catch a Jets victory, and and obviously they were uh, far and few in between, and and it kind of that's where the love grew because you know who doesn't like an underdog story? Um, you know I'm a big uh, Rocky fan uh, growing up watching the movies and Rudy and all those stuff, and, and that's how how I saw the Jets. Um, as that underdog, and they they never won, and and I, so I, I wanted to root for them. Obviously, them being local, and and then little by little, it kind of turned around when Bill Parcells came along. So we had that '96, '97 season, and you kind of saw the the improvement that he brought. And then '98 was, you know, I, I don't have to say much, but it, you know, we started off 0 and 2, and then it clicked. Vinny came in, and yep. you had Curtis Martin, you had uh, Keyshawn Johnson, Wayne Corbett, you had all those guys. Uh, playing well and and the team was he thought that they were destined to finally get over that hump and and win another Super Bowl you know the Broncos uh had a different uh story in mind and they came and won it but uh that 98 team I believe if we could have held on to that lead in Denver uh there was no doubt in my mind we were going to Hopkins because we beat them up pretty well in the regular season so uh yep you know, I had no doubt that the uh the AFC team that was rep- or the team that was representing the AFC uh conference was going to win that Super Bowl um, and, and, the, and the Broncos did unfortunately for us that following season when uh, a lot of us a lot of people had uh, the Jets pegged that Super Bowl favorites then he tears his, uh, his Achilles or his ACL week one and it was kind of a struggle to stay competitive uh, you know I think we had Ray Lucas in there and a couple other guys filling in but um, and then you know <laughs> we had uh, a nice little run with uh, Rex Ryan his first two seasons and uh it hasn't been much to talk about since that. So, you know, I, I get it, you know, when, when you mention that, uh, you know, the New York fan base is unpaced and, and they're super thirsty for, for a winner. And I, I you mm-hmm. know, and I keep, and we have a couple of friends and we, and we, and we see them at the tailgates. We talk about it, you know, they're, they're, they're ready to, 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 to hang Stalin and, and Douglas and all these guys, but, you know, you can't blame them for the past. You know, uh, you can blame ownership because, you know, Woody Johnson's been around for, for a long time, but mm-hmm. you can't ba- blame the current regime that's, uh, that's drafting and, and coaching these guys because, you know, <laughs> you know, Sal is in his first year. You know, Douglas, you know, what did he have, two full drafts under his belt? This will be his third. So it's, it's, right. it's kind of like you can't blame them for the past practices. You can only hope that what they're doing now uh, is is going to build what's what I believe is going to be long term success and and some longevity in, in 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 the in in the respect of having some players that are homegrown and they're going to be around the Jets for you know the next wave of uh, the Ring of Honor guys like Mangle and Brickashaw Ferguson were for for the Jets in that draft class. 
Yeah, and, you know, I, I relate to those times as well. I was a 90s kid, and, and that was definitely my error, uh, you know, and then going into the Curtis Martin error too. Um, you know, he was one of the main reasons why I wanted to play running back when I was a kid and uh, just kind of loved the way that that whole, that whole regime and that, that time, that will always be timeless for me as, as a Jets fan, and, and that's what I'll always relate to as my happier moment, moments. Um, you know, we had a glimpse, you know, a little tease about 10 years ago. And, and, you know, we, we've been trying to pick ourselves, um, you know, up off the floor and put ourselves back together for say, uh, since then. And, uh, you know, I, I do believe that right now they're building a foundation, you know, if you're trying to build a house here, they have some pieces in house right now that I think can bring, uh, you know, some promise to this roster. And I think that you have to kind of continue um, that ideology as you go into the draft and, and kind of building through that way because, uh, you know, we've seen the repercussions of, you know, overspending in free agency and then finding out, like, you know, a Tremaine Johnson, let's say that, you know, we oh, we got got a contract with the wrong guy, you know <laughs> what I mean? And, and no one could have saw that coming because I know myself included was excited when we signed him. Um, we just did not realize that, you know, there was a reason why, you know, the Rams had let him go. And, and we found out not too Correct. long, you know, after that. And that's the thousand percent true because the, the teams that had these players, drafted these players, know what the strengths and weaknesses are. And they know how to say, yeah. you know what, if that's what he's looking for, we know he's not, he's, he's not worth that amount. And then you get a team that's desperate for a uh, number one ca- uh, corner to fulfill, you know, they'll, you know, they'll uh, give in to those players' demands in terms of contracts to, to get them for their team when in reality they, 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 they overspend or overreach. But, you know, and listen, I think Joe Douglas is doing a great job. We saw the, the whole fiasco with Jamal Adams, and a lot of people mm-hmm. were upset that, that uh, Joe Douglas traded him and not, and not paid him. And they, you know, the, the first thing I always see with Jets fans is, oh, the never the Jets never take care of the guys that they draft, and 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 the main reason for that is they haven't been drafting good guys to pay. You know, don't get me wrong, Joe, Joe right. Adams, he was on the border of that, and we saw how selfish he was acting, and and you know, going to social media complaining about the Jets and talking, and reality, look, you know, now that we were two almost two seasons out from that deal, and I think the Jets stole two first-round picks, and they didn't have to pay uh, a safety all that kind of money to uh, to, appease, to appease him. You know, listen, uh, mm-hmm. that first pick that we got from Seattle turned out to be Vera Tucker, which I think he's going to be an all-pro guard when it's all said and done. And then let's see what uh, yep. the, the second, this other pick turns out to be. I, I think the Jets are probably going to go, and it's not sexy, they'll probably go another offensive lineman. And then uh, maybe hopefully a corner on on defense, um, and and if they do go O line, I could see them trading back one of those first round picks and getting another one next year, which means then that that trade might pan out to three first round picks. So it, it goes to show you that I think Douglas is making uh, making the right moves for the future. He even got you know we got some equity in in, in return for for Sam Darnold and. Look what happened there. The Carolina Panthers were ready to, to bench him prior to that injury, and he was—I think he was yeah. actually pulled from one or two games. So, listen, those were in his guys that he drafted, and and we were able to get some 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 valuable draft assets in, in returns in terms of picks. 
that's going to help us in the long run, I believe. Absolutely. You know, when, when it comes to this, you know, and I've said this multiple times, it's chess, not checkers. You have to, you know, calculate your moves that you make. And, you know, the moves that we've made today are going to be moves that, you know, we're going to hopefully see the benefit of in this upcoming draft and, and even the next draft, you know, as far as that goes. So, uh, you know, this, this whole, I don't know what you want to call it, fiasco that happened with Adams, you know, this is something that, you know, we're talking about now that maybe something that we're talking about 10 years from now, hopefully, you know, looking back at this moment saying like this was the, the turning point for the team, you know, when things started to, to go their way. Um, that could very much well be, you know, a topic of conversation. And, and we may be, you know, today we don't feel right about Jamal Adams and, and the way he left the team and the way that he carried himself during that time. But we may be looking at, you know, this, you know, 10 years from now and saying, you know, thank God it worked out the way that it did because we accrued all these picks, we got quality players, and we built the roster the right way. Um, and, and that's what put us on the right path. And, um, I, you know, I, truly uh, believe I, I don't that. know how much it, time it, I have. Uh, yeah, let, we can continue to keep rolling here if you want, Lou. I, I don't know how much time you have. Yeah, a couple more uh, minutes. To keep to, rolling to here. To, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, I got a couple more minutes. But to, to kind of reiterate what you just mentioned, I think even with, uh, in hindsight, with the, the Robbie Anderson deal, again, fans were bashing Douglas for not uh, resigning him. We see he's not uh, he's not performing to to that contract that he signed in Carolina as well. I know they're dealing with some quarterback issues and all that other stuff, but again, timing is everything. And looks what happened. It turned out now, I, I believe uh, wide receiver is one of the strengths that the Jets do have. You know, uh, Corey Davis. I know he got hurt, but we know what he can do on the field. Obviously, Elijah Moore. I think is going to be a stud, and 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 he's going to be. Uh, Another piece, uh, one of those building blocks, like you mentioned, that we're going to be talking about for years to come. You know, you, then mm-hmm. you got, uh, you know, obviously I know Crowder, but Crowder's been uh, he's been steady for us the last couple of years. You know, even even Barrios, you know, look, uh, you know, he's he's been performing well. He's he's also performing on special teams. And then with Mims, you know, he's he's talented, but we don't know he can't get on the field. Oof. I guess he's apparently not coachable, but. Just think about that receiver room. We have so much talent there that if they would have signed Robbie to that contract he wanted, it would have been another disgruntled guy that's not producing, that's getting paid. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned Mims there. I kind of hope things work well for him, and he ends up being one of those players that we can rely on because I do feel that the talent's there. Um, Going through that draft process of that year, um, he was one of my, my, you know, he was a sleeper at first and then, after the combine, everybody knew about the, uh, you know, his crazy combining weekend that he had because he had all sorts of crazy stats. Um, and, and, you know, hopefully all that comes out to play, you know, onto the field and becomes a, a great weapon for, for Wilson because um, that's what this is all about right now is, you know, building the roster the right way, getting enough viable weapons for Wilson to be productive uh, and, you know, guys like that, um, I believe, are, are, you know, pieces of the puzzle here that we need for success. Uh, just got a couple, you know, last questions for you before uh, and one you know, player, I'm you sorry, go here. I have to cut you off. Yeah, one player I forgot it. to even mention, which was a sneaky uh, signing, too, was Keenan Cole. He's another guy that's good mm-hmm. hands and, and to be a, a deep threat down the line. So I think, you know, yeah. uh, 
position of receiver is one of the strengths that we do have. We need to we need to get a tight end. We need to get another offensive lineman. But you know he's building. Yeah, he's building, and and like with any construction job or any, uh, it, it takes time. So. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, Dylan and I mentioned a little bit about Keelan Cole last week, and you know we'd kind of like to see a little bit more of an uptick in in you know at least targets or scripting plays to get him involved. Uh, you know he was somebody that I really thought was going to be a major contributor in this offense, and he's been used very, very sparingly. And who knows if that's just the way the schemes worked out um, or, you know, if, uh, you know, when LaFleur is going through his play calling, you know, and he's seeing adjustments and, you know, you, you, you defer, you go away from your original plan, you have to kind of go on the fly. Uh, you know, he's definitely somebody that I would like to see, you know, possibly on this roster again next year if it's, you know, at all possible. Um, so, yeah, you know, Keelan Cole, hopefully that's somebody now with Davis, you know, going on the IR. Uh, maybe we might see an uptick, um, you know, in, in his production. And, and I think that that would be great for Zach, too. Um, and I think we will. Uh, but you I know, want, especially, you know, with, yeah. you know, obviously we lost Zach Wilson for a number of games. This receiving core had to deal with four quarterbacks this season. Mike White had, to, had, had that historical game for, in his first start. But how many times did he throw to a running back, uh, you know? So the opportunities that mm-hmm. I don't think are – are there for these guys yet, but I think we do have a talented group. Absolutely. Um, so I got to, you know, ask you um, about, you know, what, what you guys have got going on for the next few weeks with Gotham city crew, because, you know, some of the best events that I've attended to are the Gotham city crew events. Um, you know, just a, a few weeks ago, last month, I was in attendance, uh, excuse me, for the game against the Bills, and, you know, that was a lot of fun. Uh, you know, the the game didn't really work out to our favor, um, but, you know, I did end up meeting Wayne Corbett and Lavernius Coles that day, which was really, really awesome because, again, you know, we were talking about that 90s error and that, that early 2000 error. Uh, that was very exciting to see the guys I grew up watching and, you know, my idols more or less, um, getting to meet them in person and, I think this past weekend you guys had Rob Carpenter uh, pay you guys a visit, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, yes. He's, he's actually yeah. he's been uh, he's been to a few ga- a few games this uh, this season. Um, you know, and, and listen, that was a perfect game, <laughs> a perfect uh, tailgate to be at. And I always tell people, and not to uh, kind of like pat ourselves on the back. You know, I, I'd rather call our tailgate events opposed to tailgates, and and you obviously said that already. Because we offer more mm-hmm. than the average tailgate, and we try to enhance the experience any way we can, whether it's, you know, uh, bringing in the cigar roller, you know, whether it's the photo booth, whether it's the, the, the food, switching up the menu every week so it's something different for the for the fellow fans to experience, making sure the, the, the staff that we do have are, are top-notch and they're working hard for you guys and making sure those, those drinks are cold and they're coming out fast, the food is warm and it's coming out fast. Um, you know, we also have the bus for the kids to hang out or even the casual fan that wants to sit down and kind of get away from that, that weather element, whether it's uh, windy, cold, or, or uh, raining. We also had the games on, on, the, uh, on the TV for the kids if they're there. We got, you know, the goal behind the Gotham City crew tailgate experience was kind of not just to focus on the, the party crowd, not to focus just on the diehard football crowd. It's to focus on everybody that, that's coming to the, the game, whether – it's their first time, whether it's their 150th time. 
we want to make sure everybody that's a part of this event enjoys it one way or the other. You know, we have an area for the, for the people to sit down, relax, enjoy their food. We have the area next to the DJ booth where we have all the kind of like the, the, the games going on where, you're, you know, you can play cornhole, you can play flip, uh, flip cup, you can play beer pong. You, you know, we can, you can do it all basically at, at, at our tailgate. And we pride mm-hmm. ourselves in kind of to, to, to appeal to everybody. <laughs> yeah, I, I picked up one of your hats. I, I was told, um, you know, now it's limited edition. Um, this was like, you know, one of your army hats kind of think the support your troops kind of theme. And, um, it's definitely one of my favorite hats that I have. And I do have an official Gotham city crew jacket, um, which, you know, I always get a lot of compliments when I'm rocking that, um, you know, either in public or, you know, for games and stuff like that. Uh, so I love the gear that you guys offer too. And, uh, do you have any other events, um, you know, going on this year before the season ends that, that you guys are working on? Uh, we're going to be working, and this is early in the uh, discussions. We're going to try to do something around uh, the draft, whether it's a golf outing where we set up a, a, you know, play, you know, whether it's only nine holes, get out there, play a little golf, and then set up a tailgate. Um, for the rest of this year, we Beautiful. have obviously for the for the rest of the home games, we're going to have our our tailgate experience going on. Um, you never mm-hmm. know who's going to pop up, who's going to show up. You know, we didn't advertise. We we kind of knew Coles and, and Wayne were stopping by, but we don't advertise that. We don't want to put any added pressure on those guys because we're just fortunate enough mm-hmm. that they support us. You know, Coles, when we did Absolutely. the when we did the uh, uh, the road trip to Jacksonville, that uh, you know he he owned a, uh, an establishment there, so we told him we would love to support him as a you know obviously a Jets alum. So we kind of did like a a pre game uh, night party there and. To show his gratitude, he came and brought Darrell Revis to our pool suite the, uh, a couple of years ago when we played Jacksonville, which was phenomenal. And then when we found out he was in town, you know, he said, hey, listen, I'm going to come check out your tailgate. I'm going to be with Wayne. So, sure enough, you know, he reached out to us. He told us he was coming by, which was awesome to see the, the facial expressions on people's faces when these two, you know, Jets, you know, they're obviously Wayne's near and dear to my heart. He's Another reason why I became a Jets fan, but because uh, mm-hmm. he 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 emphasized that that underdog story, a walk on, and and then he he was just so oh, yeah. so productive as a as a as a slot receiver before the the Amendolas and the the Elmans of the world. We had Winker Bet here. He just didn't get the recognition that he deserved, but because he played for the Jets, but uh, he was he was a solid dude. So you know to have those guys there and see the 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 you know the. The, our fellow fans and, you know, and all and having that, inform, you know, that informal experience with them uh, was just amazing to see because, you know, we've been fortunate enough to meet these guys on a personal level, on a professional level. And now to kind of share that with, you know, our Gotham City crew supporters, it's just, you know, it's a great way for us to, to pay it forward. And, and we love seeing interactions like that. Man, oh, man. Um, you know, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I'm still kicking myself for not pulling the trigger on that Jacksonville game. I saw the pictures and what you guys had going on, and I said I knew I should have made that one because um, you guys do a couple road trips every year, and uh, from everything that I've seen, it looks like one hell of a great time. So uh, I'm definitely going to be uh, looking to, to hop on, uh, you know, for next season. Uh, Got to figure out a way to uh, budget it, and, and clearly I'll be uh, – you know, reaching out to you and Claudio to find out 
you know, what games you guys decide to do, uh, you know, those road trips on. And, and I definitely would love to get involved. Um, you know, I remember linking up with Claudio back, I think, in 2018 at a Miami game. And um, like you guys said, you like to, you know, coordinate with other, you know, fan groups for the away games and things like that so that, you know, you can bring, you know, unite the fans and everything like that. And I think that's a great, great thing that you guys do. And, um, you know, I felt like a rock star because, you know, majority of my family has moved to Florida. So when I brought them over to that event, they were, you know, in awe the fact that there were so many fans from all over the country that came together, you know, just for a ball game for a few hours and, you know, win, lose, or draw. We were just looking to have a good time and, you know, just enjoy the game and enjoy the experience. And, you know, I, that's what I feel you guys are about. And, and that's why I love everything that you guys got going on over there. Um, and, you know, trust Lou, me, thank you again not... for, for your time. And, yeah, the mic is yours. If there's anything else that you want to want to talk about, you know, go for it. We've got plenty of air time there. No, you know, I, I just want, want to say once again, you know, it's, it's an honor to be on here. You know, all, all the kind words you said, you know, obviously once uh, Claudia is not listening now or Nikki, you know, they appreciate them too. We're not in it. Trust me, we're not in it for the money. There's, there's you know, the, the, the amount of work that it takes to put on a tailgate these events or organize these road trips. You know, we look for ways to actually save people money so they can afford to go on these trips. You know, we the Marriott, these hotels, and see which ones gives us the better group rate. We try to work it out where, it, it, you know, obviously not to minimize the experience, but to make it affordable that we can kind of encourage more people to do it if, if they can. Um, and, you know, you, you said it, and I can't thank you enough for the kind words, and we're looking, we're always looking for ways to improve it. Um, the last tailgate, we had uh, Frank West, also uh, better known as uh, Jets Green Santa. He's in the Jets Fan Hall of Fame. He's also mm-hmm. uh, a chopped uh, season winner. I don't know which episode, uh, but he was on there. He won. He's uh, a chopped champion. He came yep. with his decked-out cooking trailer that has a deep fryer, a flat top. It's got all the accessories, the bells and whistles, and he was out there making all these kind of custom uh, food for, for our, all our fans that were in attendance uh, last week. They were still raving about it. We're still getting compliments. We're looking to, to, to oh, yeah. partner up with him moving forward so we can kind of enhance every aspect possible for, for the tailgate experience for the, for the fans. So, um, you know, we're always looking for something, whether it's, you know, like I just mentioned the food, you know, uh, whatever we can do to kind of bring that experience to another level, we're going to try it. So, and without guys like you that come support, you know, this all this wouldn't even be possible. So I just want to thank you for that. Yes, absolutely. And, and you know, again, um, looking forward to getting together, you know, with you, Nikki and, and Claudio and, and Maximo, the, the rock star of the, of the bunch. Um, yeah, he's you the, know, he's and the I, future. Well, yeah, he's the, he's the future. Maximo's going to be out there with absolutely. And and I love the new van that you guys got or, or the bus that you got. You guys decked it out and you guys are putting it together. It's looking great. I'm sure you guys aren't done with it yet. Um, but, yeah, you know, Buddy and I years ago almost bought a Jets bus. Um, timing wasn't right for either of us, but he, he found it and we almost pulled the trigger on it. And we looked back at that and we were like, man, we should have done that, you know, um, because we're always trying to figure out, you know, who's driving and how many people we got and, and things like that, and, you know, it, it, you always seem like you're, you know, 
rolling in like like a pimp or something like that when you're coming in with your own custom vehicle, you know, to the games and um, you know, even cuz like I, I think I bumped it bumped into him the last time I was there and he's got his van all decked out and you know, he brings a lot of energy and fun to uh to the game and um you know, I just always love, you know, mixing it up with the fans and that's what you guys do. So uh really, really good stuff here. Again, Lou uh, really, really appreciate your time and everything like that and, and coming on and telling us about what you guys have going on. And, uh, yeah, you know, let's just stay positive. We're all in this together. You know, we the fans, as you guys say. And, uh, you know, at this point, we just want to see this team build and progress and keep, you know, chipping away of becoming a better team. And, uh, you know, we are a part of that. And, um, you know, I'm just glad that, you know, you guys are here to uh, make the experience a little bit better. Without a doubt. And our day will come. Trust me. That's like you say, every dog Absolutely. has to say our day will come. So uh, just hang That's on to it. the ride. In the meantime, let's enjoy the experience of, uh, you know, being with our fellow fans. Let's go support them any way we can. And when the day comes, it's going to be even more rewarding to say, hey, you know what? We remember those last 12, 15 years where, you know, we were at the bottom of the barrel uh, of the league. Now, you know, we can – have something to be proud of and, and hang our hats on. Absolutely. Lou, you're the man. Give, give uh, my best to everybody at the crew and um, looking forward to seeing you again. Thanks again for your time. Right. I appreciate I it. I appreciate you and, and great job and all the stuff that you guys are doing out there. Much appreciated. Awesome, man. Have a great night. Take Thank you. You too. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was Lou, one of the owners of Gotham City Crew. Uh, went a little bit longer than I anticipated. I wasn't really sure how much time he had. Really, really great stuff talking about the Jets for him. Uh, you know, Dylan and I and Glenn were always coming on here and trying to, um, you know, give you guys, you know, our insight and our perspectives of what we're seeing. Really, really nice to, to bring in another perspective into the show. Um, especially diehard fans that, you know, regardless of what our past has been, uh, we still love this team. We're all in. You know, that's what we're about here at um, JetNation.com. Good moment to plug the website right there. Um, Don't forget to go to JetNation.com, sign up to the forums, download the app. Uh, We're on blog talk, radio. Everything's going to Apple Podcasts and numerous other platforms tomorrow. Uh, But, yeah, you know, JetNation.com, Gotham City Crew, that's what we're about. We're about, you know, making this experience better for the fans. And, you know, even though the Jets may not be putting the best product out in the field, we still got to find ways to, uh, you know, come together, try to enjoy this. You know, um, maintaining positivity is not easy. uh, But, you know, when you find good people like this, it it definitely makes it a lot better. Uh, So we went for a pretty long run there. And, um, we still got a lot of ball to talk about here, so I'm going to try to get right back into uh, the details uh, of this game. Obviously, not too much to go over with the Philadelphia game because we did lose, um, but I'm going to go through my notes right now and kind of go through some of the things that, you know, I saw and that I thought were, were interesting. And, you know, one of the things I'm going to talk about right off the bat is Zach Wilson and his immediate improvement from his first game back from injury to this game. Uh, Zach was able to put together quality drives, 
Unfortunately, we didn't have any help from the kicking department. Uh, but a lot of these games that Zach has started in, the offensive started slow. We were not scoring points early in the first quarter or in the first half. Zach comes right off the bat, puts together three successful drives. Um, again, uh, you know, we, we were kick, shooting ourselves in the foot, um, you know, by our kicker. And, uh, you know, maybe that changed, you know, wouldn't have changed the outcome of the game, but it may have, you know, altered the the drive and, and the adrenaline that, that we would have had had we been able to have been more successful finishing off those drives. Uh, but I think Zach Wilson started off the game very, very good. He ends the day with three total touchdowns and an interception. Uh, looks like, you know, that, that interception he made was in the fourth quarter, tried to make a play, not a great throw, a little ugly. Uh, but, you know, they were, you know, at that point, the game was almost near lost, and he was trying to make a play and trying to, you know, get a quick score the best that he could. Uh, to try to save Grace on, 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 you know, a Sunday that just did not pan out well for the defense. But uh, started off very, very hot, and then the Jets kind of cooled down in the second half. Uh, did not score any points in the second half whatsoever, and a lot of the drives stalled out with punts and things like that. So um, not really great second half, better first half. You know, the rhythm of this team – has been a little bit off, but, you know, there are some, some good things that came from this game, even though we did lose. Uh, last week, Dylan and I talked about being able to uh, diversify the passing and get other guys involved. Wilson connected with nine different receivers in this game. Um, Elijah Moore, who was on a hot streak, uh, didn't look so great last week, now comes back, um, had a fantastic game. Uh, you know, ends up scoring another touchdown. Um, he has been red hot the last six games. I got some stats here to share. Um, his total scrimmage yards, because he has been getting some carries as well, he's at 494 total yards. That's an average of 82 yards per game, and he's got five touchdowns in the last six games. Elijah Moore making me and others and Dylan and all the other people that backed him earlier this season – um, he is the real deal. He is beginning to show um, right off the bat that he has these qualities that may, you know, fill the void of a number one wide receiver. Um, you know, next year getting a healthy Corey Davis and him, maybe add a couple other pieces. Jets offense, as Lou mentioned, from Gotham City crew, wide receiver group is looking really, really good right now. Um, love what I'm seeing from uh, you know, Elijah Moore, uh, Griffin was also another, uh, score. He was our third score of the game. Um, he did get injured. No news has come out with his scenario. Um, could be considered day to day. Uh, Jameson Crowder, um, had himself a better afternoon. He was a little, um, quiet the last couple of weeks, not getting a lot of opportunities. Ended up with six targets, four catches, 62 yards doing some things that we've seen him do in the past, be reliable in those times of need. Uh, Apparently Braxton Berrios, uh, you know, was um, he's in pro bowl voting right now. Um, He's got 
I think he's leading in kick return and punt return averages. So uh, please go vote for Braxton Berrios. Uh, he apparently has never been to the Pro Bowl, um, something that he's always wanted to do and wanted to achieve. So, you know, if you want to find a way to support this team and support Braxton, uh, go give him a Pro Bowl vote. Uh, and, you know, let's make his dream come true. Uh, you know, this was a, a bizarre game, to say the least. Um you know, everything was a little bit of a mix-up. Gardner Minshew comes out. You know, Minshew Madness is was the title of the show that I chose for tonight. You know, he comes out red hot. I think he completed, like, the first 13 or 14 passes. He was, you know, darn near perfect throughout the first half and, you know, looked like, you know, a guy that, you know, has been doing this for years. And uh, we know his story of him uh, – you know, coming through the ranks of Jacksonville and being let go, ending up at Philadelphia, finds himself with an opportunity to grab a game, and then goes out and just absolutely kills it against the Jets. Um, very, very difficult, very frustrating. I know a lot of people say, you know, the Jets were preparing for Jalen Hurts. It was well known that he was dealing with an ankle injury. It was talked about all week. Jets needed to prepare for both. As we can see by our defensive performance, the Jets were not prepared. Um, I don't know if a quarterback situation would have made it um, change would have made it any different Philadelphia side. Um, you know, when I think about that joint practice that they had against the Eagles uh, back in August, uh, I have to say the Eagles had our numbers back then, and they clearly had our number, number um, last Sunday as well. Uh, I think what really, really uh, changed the outcome of the game, it just took whatever air the Jets had, you know, right out of them was how they possessed the ball in the third quarter. The Jets had the ball for a total of 70 seconds, one minute and 10 seconds in that third quarter, and they did not touch the football uh, very much at all in that they had one series, three and out, and the Eagles basically took over with very, very long, exhausting drives. It gassed our defense. Um, You know, even when we were fresh, we weren't looking that great but they looked even worse in the second half. Uh, big, wide-open lanes. Uh, you know, Jets did not have much push up front. And, uh, you know, some mental mistakes with penalties and things like that uh, really, really hurt the Jets bad. Um, you know, it's unfortunate that we were kind of anticipating a struggling offense with a, you know, stingy defense. We've clearly seen the opposite. I think a lot of this goes back to the coaching um, Robert Sala's got to be able to put together a better game plan. I understand there's been injuries across the board with our defense, uh, but, you know, these guys are going out there and they don't even look like they can punch through a wet paper bag. Uh, you know, C.J. Mosley had this uh, comment in his press conference saying that teams aren't respecting them right now. Apparently Vinny Curry was laughing at Robert Sala when he was upset about a penalty call. Uh, where we should have gotten a defensive penalty for, I believe, an Elijah Moore route. And, uh, you know, clearly the the flag didn't come out, and Sala was very, very animated. So, uh, you know, the Jets really need to figure out a way how to dig themselves out of this hole, look at themselves in the mirror, and just say, we can be better, we have to be better, and then go out there and do it. Um, You know, and they need to figure this out. They've only got a few more games left on the season, uh, you know, I think we've gotten, what, 12 games in, so they've got another four more to go. 
uh, yeah, so this is going to be a turning point. Um, you know, how, how much gas does the Jets have left in this all-gas, no-break scenario? Um, you know, are they going to lie down or are they going to stand up and they're going to battle? Um, this is what's going to show us within the next few weeks from the roster perspective, which guys are character guys that are still going to continue to fight and do whatever they can to win games. Um, even though some people are already talking about April with the draft now, um, you know, this is going to be uh, a, a really, really critical point for the coaching staff and for both sides of the ball. How are they going to progress, you know, or are they going to digress and, you know, leave us in the off season, you know, with, negative connotations in our mind. Uh, you know, these are things that we're going to have to uh, keep note of moving forward as we go down the line. Um, just to recap, you know, here, looking at the last, you know, few numbers of notes here, um, Jets forced a punt in the fourth quarter. So every drive was more or less successful for uh, the Eagles. They, they started off red hot with a bunch of touchdowns in the first half. We kept them the field goals in the second half, but still not very impressive. They let up 185 yards on the ground, and Minshew was 20 for 25 with uh, two touchdowns. Um, tight ends were running free, a lot of guys in open space, um, really, really scary stuff um, from a de- defensive uh, perspective. So we're learning a lot about what areas we need to improve, like linebacker, you know, safety position, and, you know, overall scheme and coverage abilities. Um, these are things that the Jets are going to have to start working on for the offseason to improve the defense for next year. Uh, a lot of things were exposed as far as I'm concerned in this previous game. Uh, let's see here. I've only got a few minutes left on the clock. I'm going to continue to um, – kind of talk through through everything here. There were some hot topics I wanted to get into, but I feel that probably better to mention when Dylan and Glenn join me. Um, and, you know, I'll leave some food for thought here. Uh, Makai Becton is on his way back within maybe a couple weeks, maybe a week or so. And I'm very curious on what they're going to do with George Fant. Uh, for some of you that may not know, George Fant did not have any pressures let up this past weekend. And in 11 starts that he's had, he's let up no more, um, no more than two pressures in a single game. Um, he's got 502 snaps and one sack allowed on the season. So George Fant is playing extremely well. And I'm beginning to wonder if the chemistry of this offensive line will be uh, improved or hindered by making more roster changes. So food for thought, we're going to bring that up on next week's show. Um, and Dylan and I will break down and, and get into that. Um, you know, we'll see if any changes occur between now and then um, that can further that conversation. Um, and the other thing is that I'd like to speak with, with, uh, with the guys is uh, CJ Mosley's comment. And what can the Jets do to change this narrative? And where do they what, – what improvements or what areas do we need to focus in on defensively to make teams respect us for the 2022 season? So those will be two topics that I'd like to, to bring up into next week's show uh, when I'm joined with either Dylan or Glenn. Um, and, you know, now that'll, uh, that'll end the segment for 
our uh, recap on the Eagles game. And now I'm going to uh, do a, a really, really quick preview on the uh, New Orleans Saint game that we're, that we're going to be going and having this Sunday. Um, just want to take a quick peek at this right here. Um, so the last time the Jets played the Saints was week 15 of 2017. Uh, we lost to Drew Brees and the Saints 31 to 19 and uh, all-time series between the Jets and the New Orleans Saints. Um, we are seven and six. So uh, we have a little bit of an advantage against them in our history, but I would like to say that the um, the Saints definitely have the advantage in 2021 with our given scenario. Um, they are not in the same boat um, as us, as they are having a lot of numerous changes to their quarterback position. We've been going through that. Now we seem to have Zach Wilson, our guy, back in. We're going to be going up against Taysom Hill. Um, you know, Taysom Hill is a very, very interesting football player. Uh, you know, you can use him as a tight end, a receiver, a quarterback, running back, just an all-around football guy. And, um, you know, they've had some ups and downs, the Saints, with their quarterback position. Uh, I believe he's not even um, all the way healthy, as I did see that he has an injury to his finger, and he is listed as questionable going into this game. So we'll have to keep an eye uh, for the news from the Saints department. I'll give you some more injury news from the Saints. Um, one of their best players and their uh, pass rushers, Cameron Jordan, was put on the COVID-19 list today, or Monday rather. Alvin Kamara is dealing with an MCL knee issue. He's questionable for the game. Uh, another player of note, Ryan Ramchek, offensive tackle, also questionable, dealing with uh, – some sort of knee um, soreness or uh, injury here. And Marcus Davenport, uh, also dealing with a shoulder injury. He is also questionable. So Saints are not at 100% health. Same thing with the Jets. At this point, I still feel the Saints are a better team than the Jets. Uh <clears throat> We are at home. Um, I don't know if home cooking is going to give us a boost or give us a little bit of advantage going into this game. Uh, we've seen some ugly losses, uh, you know, at home. And, uh, you know, I know the Jets aren't statistically very good on the road, uh, but, you know, the way current things have been going the last few years, I can't say that home field gives us an advantage either. Um, <coughs> excuse me. It's a little hard uh, being a solo host here. Thank you, Lou, for coming on and uh, saving a little bit of my voice. So as I um, continue to fade here with my voice, I'll uh, go through some, some other offensive rankings and, and how we match up, you know, numbers-wise to the Saints, uh, believe it or not, um, the Jets are, I believe, better than them in in one category, and that might be um, pass yards, offensive pass yards. Um, we 
have 3,164 total passing yards, where the Saints have 2,573. I believe that's the only category that the Jets are doing better um, than the Saints, but perspective here, Jets are losing, so we have to throw the ball more than run the ball, so maybe that's the reason why. Uh, as far as the touchdowns, they they have a, a 25 touchdowns on the season. Currently, we're at 20. Saints have thrown 11 interceptions. The Jets are at 20. Not good at all. As far as sacks allowed, the Saints are better than us in that department. 21 sacks allowed compared to 33 sacks allowed by the New York Jets. Our running game, they do have a better running game than us. They're currently ranked 14th. Jets are ranked 31st. They have 1376 yards. We're currently 1016 on the year. Um, you know, hopefully Michael Carter comes back uh, within the next week or so, and he can help us uh, get out of the basement from that, that that horrible rushing numbers that we're starting to see here. And that was another thing that really, really baffled me is how, you know, the last time the Jets won, they ran the ball very well. And this past weekend, uh, we ran the ball 15 times, I want to say, uh, if my notes are right. Oh, I'm sorry, 14 times. So the Jets ran the ball 14 times this past weekend. Again, we were down, we were behind, but it has proven that the Jets are more successful in games when they're effectively running the ball. Um, and that was very bizarre. Kevin Coleman ended up with 11 carries and uh, one carry from Elijah Moore, one from Walter, and one from Ty Johnson. Not a lot of uh, you know, running by committee um, in this past uh, offensive scheme. That was a head-scratcher for me. Thought it'd be worth noting um, since I was talking about the rushing there. And now defensively, um, they're a little bit closer um, in certain margins and, and very far apart in others. Uh, you know, against the the pass, we are 28th compared to the Saints at 20, 22nd in the league um, for touchdowns. They have allowed 18 touchdowns. We've allowed 21. Not a big difference there. 14th and 21st on rankings is the difference. Um, as far as, uh, you know, stopping the run, Jets are 30th and the Saints are 5th. So this could be another game where we see the Jets struggle to try to emphasize the run. Um, they're clearly going to have to try to figure out a way to do so. Maybe they get a little bit of help with a couple of the guys up front from the Saints side not being able to play due to their injuries. And, uh, uh, turnovers. They are sixth in the league with 14 interceptions. Jets currently have four. We are 32nd in the league, last bottom of the barrel there as far as turnovers. So clearly you could see by these numbers that the Jets have really, really big areas in which they need to improve. Uh, you know, right now at this point, you know, we just want to see them play more competitive football, keep games a little bit closer within arm's reach and not let them you know, get out of line as much as they have, as they have in previous games from this season. So, you know, going into this game, what they really, really need to do is, um, you know, focus in on, you know, owning that time of possession, finding ways to keep the, the Saints offense on the sideline. You can do that by running the ball effectively and, you know, if, even if you have to dink and dunk, 
I really don't need to see a flashy offense with trick plays, you know, diversify the football the way that we did this past week. Nine different receivers caught passes. Got to figure out ways to do stuff like that. Keep the defense guessing. Another key factor, find ways to script plays to Keelan Cole and Elijah Moore. Elijah Moore's been running hot. I think it's time to get Keelan Cole involved within these last few weeks. And clearly we need to see more from Jameson Crowder due to the injury from Corey Davis. So if the Jets can find a way to own that time of possession, limit their turnovers, and for heaven's sake, play some defense, got to improve the defense. If they want any chance in this game, they have to to, to be present, show up. Um, you know, they were like Swiss cheese last week as far as that run game was concerned. Um, Boston Scott and, you know, Kenneth Gainwell – guys that are on four on the on the depth chart for Philadelphia was just having their way with this defense cannot happen this cannot happen again this Sunday if it does we're going to be looking at another another tough 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 loss so uh, keep it simple you know should be the game plan um, figure out ways to get the ball out quickly offensively like we did uh, I'd love to see the Jets come out to another quick you know, fire start the way that Zach came out against the Eagles in the first half, and then double down and be more aggressive in the second half. Um, you know, at this point, what do you got to lose? Uh, we have two picks within the top ten. So at this point, I just want to see progress, and I just want to see competitive football. Um, maybe too much to ask for, but that's what I would like to see. Um don't really have a positive prediction because I do feel that the Saints are going to pull this one away from us. Uh, but if they do, it's going to be because the Jets defense shows up, they find a way to turn the ball over, and, you know, we, we find ourselves with better field position um, than we have in recent games. And, you know, again, that that's all going to come from scheme and coaching and then players going out there and executing. I'm going to call it a night here. Everyone, um, thank you again for, uh, you know, tuning in. Thank you, Lou and Gotham City crew, for joining me tonight. Really, really enjoyed that. Um, You know, I can't tell you guys enough how much fun I've had, you know, attending their events and even conversating with the guys, you know, know, through Facebook and Instagram and and Twitter. Uh, Really, really awesome stuff. Um, You know, those guys, you know, anytime you guys want to come back on the show, just reach out to me, definitely make time for you. Um, you know, diehard fans, obviously. Um, and, you know, they continue to, to put out a good product. And, and, and if you're looking to have a really, really fun time, you got to get involved. Uh, so everybody here, you know, thank you again. Big shout out to Gotham City crew. Go check out their site. I know that they're doing um, a charitable contribution for one of their T-shirts. That's always great stuff. Always trying to promote that, um, you know, charities and things like that we love that here at jet nation and um you know everybody have a great week be safe and as always let's go jets thanks for listening be sure to follow us on twitter at jet nation radio glenn is at ace fan 23 and alex is at ny jets life 24 until next time go jets